Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, we were going to be joined by uh, our third partner in radio, Ronald J. Martin, but uh, we learned that Ron travels uh, to do the program even when he's at home. And uh, he ran into some travel delays on the home front. And uh, it's just you and me this morning. Um, just just picking it up, trying to trying to make up for for our lost host. Picking up the pieces, you know, as always. But uh, Piper, always there to pick up the pieces, is a, a little company that we've been doing business with for years now called Dwell Bible. Uh, it's a great Bible listening app. And uh, Piper, tell the listeners where they can get it and what it does. I would I would love to do that. I actually had a really it was it was amusing to me, but also a pretty cool Twitter interaction uh, yesterday. So, um, friend of mine who's a, he's a professor, uh, Bible professor at I think at Midwestern now. So okay. maybe maybe Ronnie has crossed paths with him. Mm-hmm. He he tweeted and said, "Hey, what's the best?" way to listen to the Bible, you know, best audio Bible. And I was one of the first to respond. I was like, you know, tagged, you know, at dwell Bible. There we go. Then like 40 more people jumped on and said, yes, dwell is awesome. And then he came back and was like, is dwell worth the price? There's a very valid question because it is a, you have to pay to, to subscribe. Yeah. Which allowed me to say, well, if you go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant, you can get a 30% discount off of the lifetime subscription and then a 10% off of the annual subscription. And a bunch of people jumped on that and said, totally worth the price. Been was, you know, came in skeptical, but have loved it. So, uh, it, what was, what was funny is that I got to be a total shill online. Uh, but also that like 40 people, not many of whom are not our listeners, Love dwell. So there's there's kind yeah. of the proof in the in the marketplace. But there's actually those- a lot of things about that story that are really good and really fascinating. Like it was a it was a completely positive Twitter interaction. So Yeah, there was not a single kind like, of Oh, dwell is dwell is a ripoff. Don't do it. Everybody yeah. there was a there was a question where somebody sought real information, not like a right. setup for a fight. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else came in with a real answer, and then other people came in and supported the answer. And everybody was nice. It's, you know, it was the a best case Twitter scenario. Dude, that's such a good case. And also, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that this guy might be Ronnie's teacher. And it begs the question, I don't know much about like seminary and probably everything's online now. So this is moot. But I, I wonder what Ronnie is like in the classroom. You know what I mean? Like if he was in your class, I wonder what kind of a, a student he would be. Well, that's the thing is, I think he's at the, you know, he since he's doing, he's doing his D-min, I think it's more like seminar kinds of classes. So I'm picturing professor at the head and then a bunch of people around like a boardroom table, not like sitting in rows at, you know, the long skinny tables or the desks or whatever they're putting in in college campuses these days. Yeah. And so, yeah, I have just a a pretty different, uh, pretty different vibe. But yeah, I feel like he would be, that's a good question. I feel like he would... I feel like he'd be a pretty quiet student. Yeah. He's not yeah. going to be the 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 bloviating, you know, I'm proud of myself theologian type. And maybe <laughs> yeah. that happens more at the master's level anyway, like where you get the guys yeah. fresh out of college who they Just bought their, at the bit. Yeah, yeah they bought their one change. blazer with the patches on the sleeves and they're ready to go <laughs> yeah. impress everybody. Yeah. Um they want to be on the cover of, you know, Midwestern Seminary magazine or Midwestern mm-hmm. Monthly or whatever they call it. It's aspirational. And, 
you know, yeah. something to dream about. And I feel like if you're at the D min level, like if you're still being aspirational and dreaming at that point, as opposed to I'm going to put this thing to work, yeah. you're just you're just out of your mind or you're completely aimless. That is true. Pipe, we are going to talk about some some aspirational dreams coming true on this program, a dream that came true for me uh, as an Aldi customer. But um, I think I stepped on your Dwell Bible promo in that oh, we deviated into a story. That's okay, because yeah. nothing nothing like talking about demon students in Midwestern. It's, it's hard to imagine something more thrilling for our listeners. <laughs> that's um, true. No, listeners, last last little bit on Dwell. If you've listened any amount of times, you know exactly what Dwell is. It's an amazing audio Bible app with all sorts of different features and listening plans and narrators. And there's a reason why 40 people were quick to say, yes, get this. But again, the link is dwellapp.io slash happy rant. You get a 30% discount off the lifetime subscription, 10% off annual. You can give it as a gift. Uh, they, It's great for kids, great for families, great in the car. All those different places where... You have to kind of choose what to listen to and uh, how to fill up your time and your space and get more scripture into your life. So go check that out. And now we can move on to Ted's aspirations and a dream come true. Pipe, that's a perfect setup. So a couple of weeks ago, the last time we did this show by ourselves, which I feel like is most times lately, but... um, yeah, yeah, we're in a we're in a heavy a heavy Ronnie tarmac season, which we means are, that yeah, yeah we do we do a lot of this by ourselves. We need to get like hoodies made that say Ronnie tarmac season or just tarmac season. Tarmac season. <laughs> I, I would I I wouldn't wear one of those, but I would uh, I would be excited to have that. In but I would lineup. pitch it to somebody else. I sure I would, would happily shill it. Yes, absolutely. So speaking of happily shilling, uh, we talked about the grocery store chain Aldi. A couple of episodes ago, and I think we connected over it. I love Aldi. Aldi is a it's a thing that you kind of like you run by people and either they've heard of it and are really enthusiastic about it or they've never darkened the door of an Aldi before. Um, but we talked about it and I talked about it somewhat lovingly, and I, I even indicated that we might be doing an all Aldi episode. And Pipe, I gotta tell you. I got a long piece of fan mail from a listener who's also an Aldi executive. And I showed it to my wife. And she was, I could tell, prouder of me for this than of maybe any other single thing that I've ever achieved in my career. And um, it <laughs> so, made so, me, she is, so she is an Aldi enthusiast as well. She's a huge Aldi enthusiast. And she's a chef. So she works in the world of food and like kind of traversing the the area to find like good ingredients is is a part of her life. So uh she has a unique relationship with Aldi. Um I I would say like because I'm her husband, I have a unique relationship with Aldi. Like they know me in there because of her. And they know you. That's impressive. Dude, they do. I know. It's kind of our dream, like our cheers dream of like going in some place and being known and just being recognized. And yeah, because she goes in there so often and she's so friendly, they they know me and they're like friendly to me because of that. And I'll say this norm of Aldi. I think I am the norm, you know, including being a bit, you know, shambling and overweight, but uh, just walking around crushing some happy farms yogurt. Exactly, dude. Exactly. But you know how like grocery store checkout people in 2022, it's it's like. It's kind of a zombie apocalypse out there. Like if you even get a little eye contact and a hello, it's like a revolutionary act. 
Um, the people at Aldi are like legitimately friendly people. Um, I don't know where they find them or how much they're paying them, but it's remarkable. Like they're, they're exceedingly kind. So my, my understanding is they like Aldi takes, takes pretty good care of their employees. So it's, it seems it seems that way. For yeah, sure. like so. I we do almost all of our grocery shopping at either Kroger, and for those of you northern listeners, like if you're in the Chicago area, Kroger is like a Jewel Osco. It's just sort of yeah. your standard center cut grocery store. Yeah, or at Aldi, and yeah, you can tell like one of these places is hiring 14 year olds to bag groceries and like break stuff, yeah. and the other one is Aldi, where they have a small number of employees who are always hustling, always friendly. And I think they actually like pay them enough to live on. So good for yeah, Aldi. Absolutely. So I'm going to read you some snippets of this fan mail and uh, I, I want to get your reaction to it. Um, so the guy says, I've been a listener of the rant for a few years now and I'm loving Cluck. That's my new podcast. Shout out at Cluckcast. Please forgive me for using your .edu email, but I do not have social media. And could not reach out through the more proper channel. So this guy's a kindred spirit um, in that we both I love that he media. considers social media the proper channels and your <laughs> actual email address. <laughs> the, this weird, transgressive, like, yeah. I'm sorry it's, for it's, reaching it's out. It's like saying, I'm sorry I showed up on your doorstep when in reality it's it's exactly what email is for. Exactly. I know it. I know it. He goes, I appreciate all you do and both your podcasts are appointment listening for me every week. My ears definitely perked up a few weeks ago when Pipe mentioned taking his Happy Rant tote bag. Shout out the Happy Rant tote bag. Uh, we'll tell listeners where they can find those at the end of the program. To Aldi during a promo. But after listening to the most recent rant episode, I felt like I had to reach out. I am district manager for Aldi US and have been for the last seven years. And if you guys really do cover Aldi on a podcast, I would love to answer any questions or contribute any way I can. Now, I have to admit that I dropped the ball on that. I should have, you know, floated some questions this guy's way before we did this episode. But that would be show prep, and that's not a thing that we do. Well, this this is great. This is teeing up a separate show because, like, we're, we're going to speculate about some things, I would imagine. For example, yeah. Aldi pays their employees a living wage. That's a speculation. Right. I'm just guessing. But what what is this gentleman's name? Maybe not his full name. We don't need anybody stalking him and showing yeah. up on his doorstep. What's his what, what should we call him? His first name is Brock. So let's Brock. call him Brock. That's a strong name. Yes. Yeah. All right. D District manager Brock, uh, that's yep. a question for you. Uh, how does Aldi compare to other grocery chains in terms of compensation for employees? So yeah, we'll, we'll come up with some, some more of these questions, I'm sure. Dude, and Brock is in Florida. So I just imagine him living this glamorous life, this glamorous Aldi executive's life. Um, in Florida where it's always sunny, there's never an ice storm like there was here last night. And, um, you know, I, I just, I just imagine a certain kind of lifestyle for Brock. Um, he said several years ago, I worked in the Nashville, Knoxville market, probably in some of the stores you guys visit. Now I am back home in Palm beach County, Florida. And he said, if Aldi did any advertising, I would lobby to get you boys some promo work. But we save the promo cost and pass the savings down to the customers. So a little, a little like peek behind the curtain of all these corporate philosophy. Because I was getting excited when I first read this. I thought that like a business deal with Aldi was imminent, wherein you know we would we would partner with our our two companies and bring our two you know corporate giants together. But um, alas, it looks like 
this is just going to be a friendly relationship pipe unless you're seeing something different. Well, no, I think, I mean, they don't spend any money on advertising, which you know, you've never seen an Aldi ad, like not even on like, you know, That's the, true. The, you know, not even on like bus stops where they have the, <clears throat> they have little signs in there. Yeah. Even, there's not even like Aldi bus stops or, or park benches or whatever. That's true. But I think that's kind of, yeah, that is, I think that's how they do everything. They're like, we only hire five employees so we can pay them well. And then customers get to save money. They have to do the quarter and the cart thing, which yeah, uh, some drive some people crazy. But I, again, I think it's their way of A, not having carts stolen and B, not having cars dinged up in the parking lot. I'm yeah. all for it. So I think, yeah, I think everything funnels to, to customer savings. I'm, I think so too. I appreciate I, this. I actually find the cart thing charming. Do you? Do you find it charming or annoying? Um, I find I, I don't I don't find it charming. Not like mm-hmm. oh, this is such a great thing. As much I don't find it annoying. It's great. Like there's I like that the fact that there there are rules about how this thing works. Like you show up, you're yeah. like, you know how this works. It also provides an opportunity for people to be low grade, non sacrificial, decent. Yes, that's right. Because about every third trip to Aldi, I show up and I'm walking to get a card. You know, I keep a quarter in my car for the yeah. Aldi card. It's the Aldi quarter. Yep. And I walk up and somebody just hands me their card. And they're like, here, you take this one. And I try to hand them the quarter because that's that's the thing. That's yeah. what you do. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Yeah. And I feel very, you know, warmed in my heart that this person was very generous. Yeah. And... And in reality, it cost them 25 cents, and I just saved them the work of putting it back. So it was, ba- it was basically like they paid me 25 cents to, to to save them trouble. Yeah. But it felt like a very kind thing. And then when I come out, I'm looking for somebody to do the same because otherwise I come out 25 cents ahead. That doesn't seem fair. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole opportunity for a decent human interaction in a world that is quite short of decent human interactions. Well said. Yeah, like I – I think you go to Aldi about ready to give up on humankind, and maybe that little 25-cent interaction kind of keeps you going for another week, in that it might be the most decent thing that that happens to you in the span of one week. Um, so yeah, Aldi, it's a, it's a magical place. I think the cart thing also kind of emotionally gets you set up for that little grid that you walk through in Aldi. So if you've, if you've never been to one, it's not a free-for-all. Right, it's not like a Kroger where you can just pick whatever aisle you want to go down. You kind of walk through sort of a serpentine grid, and then you know by the time you get to the end, you've seen everything. And there are fewer choices. So again, it's not like a Meyer or a Kroger where there's just like five thousand types of cereal or cheese or whatever that you can pick from. It's a curated experience. And, um, which is great because like how many times have you stood there in front of like Kroger's or, you know, Publix or whatever their spaghetti sauce aisle, they have a spaghetti sauce aisle. That's insane. Right. And you're like, I don't know. Do I get the marinara? Do I get the the roasted garlic? Do I get the roasted tomato? Do I get that with meat without meat? Like there's just 77 options. And in reality, you're just going to dump it in a pot. Yeah. Add some ground beef and some garlic and, and throw it on noodles. At Aldi, it's like, well, you've got the slightly higher end that they call organic, and yeah. the normal make a choice. Yes. And you're, you're, you know, five seconds and you're done. It's great. I will add that since our economy has been circling the drain, Aldi seems to be the only grocery store chain that actually, like, still has the stuff that you go to get. Like, going to Kroger now is an experience in, like, 
oh, I wanted ground beef and they just don't have any, you know? Um, yes. So it's the experience of like shopping in Serbia while also shopping in America. Um, you know. And the employees there are about as nice as Soviet era, you know, Serbian soldiers too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, yeah, shout out Aldi. They're doing an amazing job. Uh, with the with the time that we have left, Piper, and I'm going kind of off script here, because I feel like all of our all of our suggested other ideas in the group chat were sort of Ronnie dependent. This one is about Ronnie, but it doesn't require his presence. Oh, perfect! These are my favorite. I want to parse and sort of pre-write his Super Bowl Sunday tweet, um, and I want to ask you if he has if you think he has a template that he just dusts off and like fires out every year or if he thinks he's coming up with this on the fly each year. Um, but I've known Ronnie for like 12 years now and his Super Bowl Sunday tweet is it's always the same. Um, it's always like something about a party. Like I wanted to have a party. Uh, I'm too cool for football slash. I don't understand it slash. I don't like it slash. I don't even know who the teams are or why their stupid names or uniforms matter. So there's always that. Like, I want to have a party. I want to have food. Um, like Rams, Bengals, what? What's a Bengal? Uh, something like that. Something about his wife. Um, and it's always some version of that same tweet. And my question to you is, why does he do this? Because for me... And it, it's weird what like like what we get offended by in the world, right? Like so for me, I really think next to like Christ and my wife and my two kids, I probably love football like third. You know, like it's Christ, my immediate family, and then football. So I think I I take anybody coming at football in kind of a personal way. So yeah, like why does he do this? What's he What's he aiming at? Like. Who who is that tweet intended to like delight or impress? Is that oh, the like I'm going to connect with Karen Swallow Pryor and Makoto Fujimura kind of tweet, or what's he going for there? Oh, I mean it's it's you know you're not on you're not on Twitter, which yeah. is uh, you know it's probably better for all parties involved. But there's a there's a there's a growing number, kind of a a, a Twitter cul-de-sac, if you will, the neighborhood yeah. of people who love to call you know. Football, sports ball. It's it's oh, the sports right, yeah. ball. You know what I mean. Yeah, the, the snide. Yeah, all right. sports are Neanderthal, and right. I like to feel slightly superior because I don't follow it. Like, um, what an interruption! I want to go back to talking about politics because that's going so well. Yeah, I mean, and, and and the thing is, everybody has their 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 dumb hobbies that they nerd out over, and mm -hmm. that other people are disinterested in sports is just a more popular one. So you get to feel slightly more superior for not into it. Um, I need to look up a tweet that Ronnie already posted that I think he's pre-gaming for the Super Bowl. Um, let's see here to get through his Wordle scores. <laughs> and by the way, what's Wordle? I've been hearing about this, but I've, uh, I I, it's a it thing is. that I muted on Twitter because it was filling up my feed and it's annoying. It's some sort of word guessing game that, that might actually be really fun, but I'm never going to find out because it annoys me on social media. Okay. Is it so, a way for grammar Twitter to kind of flex? You know, like, hey, yeah, I'm good at grammar. Like, I'm, a, I'm a smart person. 
Kind, kind of, of yeah. And so people yeah. can share their scores, but it shows up as like a little like looks like a little Tetris block kind of thing, and I don't know what it means. And so I just I just muted it all because I, I got sick of it. <clears throat> so he posted this yesterday. Um, he said yesterday I asked a group of guys if the Chiefs had won or lost. So first of all, this was several days post game. Yeah. Uh, the only reply I got was, "Oh, Ronnie." The pain in his voice was so palpable that I almost felt like I needed to apologize that I hadn't heard the quote-unquote news. Almost. <laughs> you guys, man. Uh, so I think yeah. he's, he's, he's already kind of – I think he's parceling out this year's Super Bowl tweet so he doesn't have to get it all in one. So yeah. this is his like th- – this is the, the smug I'm detached from football. The you guys, yeah. man, at the end really sealed it. It was like yeah. – you're so you're so petty for thinking that I should care about this, right? Um, right. Here's the thing that I don't understand. I feel like the Super Bowl would be right up his alley because almost nobody who's watching the Super Bowl cares about football. People yeah. are there for commercials and snacks and halftime yeah. shows. So he's trying to be unique and fourish, but in a way, he's like, you know, playing it straight down the middle. You know, because most of America is doing the exact same thing. I, I want to say a thing about that tweet that you just read. It's actually some of Ronnie's best writing in that it is concrete and kind of narrative. So in the span of like three lines, because usually Ronnie's, you know, MO on there is to be kind of vague and poetic and, you know, a little bit opaque with the Yoda stuff like that. That's anti Yoda in that there's like characters. There's a little snippet of dialogue. Um there's I actually a per- think there's a perceived hero and villain in this story. There's a perceived hero. The hero is him. The villain is anyone who likes football. Um, my question to you is two part. A, do you agree that that's good writing? And B, like, what's the, like, y- you know more about Twitter than I do. Like, what's the intended outcome of that? You know what I mean? Like, what, what needle is he hoping to move with that tweet? Oh, he's 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 claiming a uh, a tribe. This is yeah. so. Hey, well, let me answer your first question. Yes, this yeah. is an excellently written tweet. I mean, it's there's a whole narrative arc. There's conflict. Yeah. There's I wouldn't call it resolution, but maybe victory. So yeah, a yeah, version of victory. resolution. Um, and there's a clear like there there's no moral ambiguity here. This is yeah. real real clear what is yeah. good and what is bad, who's the hero, who's the villain. So yeah, really in, in that it's a little bit off brand for Ronnie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's so slow to kind of Well, let me yeah, let me let me read side. the one that he posted immediately prior to that. So okay. yesterday morning. Yeah. To be resistant to waiting is line break. To be resistant to hope, line break. Since hope arrives by no other avenue. Uh-huh. So it's yeah, that sounds like that. That sounds like a that's classic, Ronnie. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's. I think I yeah. even retweeted that from the Happy Ran account, just yeah. lauding his Yoda work. I mean, just like, really I exceptional. I don't think it makes sense. I'm not sure I agree with it, uh, but it's got a lot of line breaks. So yeah. you know, we'll, and the we'll, line breaks allow you to kind of lose the train, which means that if you disagree, you're like, you're, it's kind of a soft disagree. It's a soft disagree. Exactly. I'm not going to war over it. You know, I'm not planting my flag there. Um, yeah. So that's kind of standard, Ronnie. So this, yeah, this Chiefs thing is really kind of problematic in the sense that he's really like planting his flag here. He's dying on this hill, um, which is very much off brand for him. 
Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. Uh, he's absolutely just. He he is claiming a. Like, he's wearing a jersey, which is ironic here. Like it yeah. is the I'm I'm out on football jersey. So. Right. But it wouldn't be a jersey. It would be like I don't know. I don't. It would be like an ascot. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> he's, right. He's he's claiming his team's ascot. Yeah. Um, or like so the, the blazer with the pin on the lapel. Who else is on that team? Give me like a starting five. Uh, like if we're doing a basketball analogy and Ronnie's like the, he's not the point guard. Um, what he'd be like the small forward, um, like fill out the rest of that roster. Like who else is on the, the like Christian anti-sports ball team that I would know. Oh, I mean, everybody who, everybody who writes reflective anything, you know, Brett McCracken's yeah. going to be on this. Sure. Although he, I think is a, like a, a, a strong, uh, Kansas University Jayhawks guy, okay. you know, yeah, he, he yeah. grew up there. Like he, so he has an affinity. Like Ronnie doesn't have any affinities. Like his affinity is 1980s Dodgers baseball or something like that. It's a thing uh-huh. that doesn't exist anymore. Um, yeah. Karen Swallow Pryor would be on this list. There you go. Just, I feel uh, like you know, she's a, she's almost, let's do a minute on this. I want to get your, your take on this. I feel she'd be the point guard, by the way. Um, I feel like she's almost usurped Beth Moore in terms of like tokenistic, um, you know, I, I want to impress this person. You know what I mean? And my question to you is, how do you, how do you whittle out that space? I want to get thousands of people trying to impress me. Well, and she's you're a middle-aged white male, so that's not going to happen. Unless, no, unless you are an angry conservative or an angry liberal. Those are your options if you want to be the middle-aged white guy who people are trying to impress. Because then, yeah. again, you, what you basically have to be is something that, that it's aspirational to join you. And right now, guys like you yeah. are probably in the healthiest possible place, but also the least interesting place to be aspirational about joining. Like you just said, <laughs> yeah. you love your family, you love Jesus, and you love football. And then you yeah. teach college students who you also really like. So yeah. <laughs> like nothing yeah. about your life is controversial right now, which is... Let's keep it that way. I was going to say, good. which is so good for you and so bad for Twitter. That is true. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm never going to carve out that that niche of uh, people wanting to impress me. But I, I do doff the cap to Karen Swallow Pryor for kind of being that person. So, so here's, here's, the, here's the difference between her and, and Ronnie on this front. Yeah. She's not snide about sports. Okay. She'll just kind of shrug and be like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'd sports yeah. her. In, in the same way that you might be about, like, uh, I don't know, the multiverse don't know. or something like that. You yeah, shrug right. and be like, yeah, I know it exists or whatever. People talk about it. I know it exists. It. I, don't I know care. lots of people like it. Yeah. In a way, I almost wish I could care about it, but I just don't. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. That's that's good nuance on Karen Swallow Pryor. So we got KSP, McCracken, Ronnie at small forward. Like who else is on the anti sports ball? Yeah, starting I'm trying five? to think. I mean, it's if you get into the like. So I'm obviously we we function more in the conservative theological world. Um, I think if if you go into the more progressive side, there's tons. Yeah. And that's that's a different sort of self righteous. Yeah. You know, on the sure. theological side, it's like pff, none of this. Like this is all just silliness. Over there, it's like, why are you not devoting yourself to freeing slaves? You should be hour. thinking about the poor. Yeah. You know, every hour yeah, of yeah. every day, the Super right, Bowl is right. exploitative. Right. They're the ones right, who are right. tweeting about how you know prostitution and, and human trafficking goes up yeah. every Super Bowl, which 
statistically is is not actually true. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. Harumph. Yeah, yeah, he's like forty three now. You know, I was gonna say uh, he's he's yeah <laughs> he's making plenty plenty of money off of. That's just true. his name and likeness and such. Yeah, so good true. for him. Um, but uh, yeah, so there, that, there, there's that crowd. I would, I would say maybe, um, who else? Russell Moore might be in this crowd. Interesting. But again, he's, he and Karen Swallow Pryor are the same in that they just genuinely love what they love yeah. and pay no mind to the other stuff. Yeah. They probably yeah. would come to a Super Bowl party and then be really fun, but also like... I'm just going to hang out in the kitchen and talk to people because yeah. I don't know what's going on TV. I'm going to watch the commercials from time to time so I can talk about them at work the next day. Yeah, like that kind of person. Was you, you know that you know that Ronnie would walk through and be like, he would have to make a comment two or three times a quarter about like kind of drawing oh, attention to how absurd yeah. it is or like, I don't know yeah. what's going on, but right, I'm right. that, you know. But eyes on me because I don't know what's going on kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's fascinating. I, I, you know, I'm not sure. I feel like... I feel like somebody like Kevin DeYoung, you you know him better, or you you know, yeah. Is is he a sports guy, dude? He actually is. Okay, and yeah, in fact, sports was the very first thing that I connected with Kevin over. So Kevin, he comes off as this super eggheadish kind of reformed dork, but he's actually pretty conversant in like eighties and nineties pop culture. And definitely in football, like he he likes football, and um, you know we we connected over it when we first met each other. Um, he may be too busy now to really like it or to really follow it. I don't know, but, but like if a game's on, he if a game's on, he's he'll, watching. Yeah, yeah, and he can like identify a cover two defense and know who some of the key yeah. players are. Like he's not that. You know that seminary guy at your at your Super Bowl party where it's like some of these seminary. Yeah, I feel like a lot of like senior pastor types are sneaky because they there's there's a like a an obscene competitive drive in them. So when would it have been seven or nah more than that? It's been it's been several years. I I was at a conference um, when when the Final Four was going on. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one of these reform conferences. And so I end up in a hotel suite watching the final four with David Platt. No way. And my dad. <laughs> okay. And who else was there? This is a remember. great story. I can't remember. Maybe like Lake yeah. and Duncan or somebody. I think it was okay. I think it was a T four G conference because that would have they'll they'll do early April, which is right around the time that the, the final four is. And like my dad, not a sports fan, yeah, but super locked in when there's a game on. Fascinating. Always dude. loves Why? to root for the underdog. He just yeah. I mean, he grew up playing sports. He loves sure. he, he he likes taught, it. He he taught yeah. me and my brothers how to play sports. Loved to play in the backyard, but yeah. he's just never devoted any time to following a team. Right. But like the big games and stuff, he gets excited. Like he's like, oh yeah, we're watching the Final Four. So and, it didn't really matter to him whether it was a team that he cared about. He was just there for the. The competition. Yeah, and he'll I mean he'll ask at the beginning, he's like, All right, who's favored? Tell me a little bit about these teams. And then he'll just kind of add, so do, over the course of the first little bit of the game, he's like, Okay, I like this team. I'm gonna root for them. Yeah, you know, yeah. UConn over Duke or whatever, because right. you know, everybody hates Duke. Um yeah. and uh and like Platt was the same way, like quiet, super intense, but like locked uh-huh. in on the game. 
Yeah. So yeah, those like the, all of the sort of front men pastors, I think, are out of this conversation. Yeah. It has to be people who de- who work in more of the academic or the their their smaller church. They're trying to be more of the Eugene Peterson types. Yeah. That's that's the that's the sort of turn up the nose at sports thing. So that type of person like comes into your Super Bowl party, and it's almost like they're from a foreign country where there's no American football. You know what I mean? It's almost like they come from a from a soccer playing country, and they're just so foreign. Like they're sitting there with their thighs together and like a little plate of food on to- atop their khakis, and they're just so confused about the whole thing. Whereas Ronnie is like. I'm not just confused about it. I'm like I'm I'm waging war against it while at the same time wanting to have the party. You know, and wanting credit for having had the party. Um and wanting credit for being like I love good food, I love my wife. Harumph, I roll about football. Yeah, um, it's it, it is it is a particular cultural snobbery towards because I don't think it would be the same for the final four. Obviously, nobody does the no. the event is not as big. But like, yeah, it it that football particularly is the like it allows people to feel culturally elite. Yeah, about dismissing other people's enjoyment. Yeah, and it's also like very much a part of the cultural fabric where he lives. So like football and Ohio are synonymous. So he probably feels low grade frustration most of the time like you know driving around his town driving past like a packed stadium on friday night with the lights flickering in the distance which i'm getting all romantic about just i know talking you about said it, that but, and i was immediately like, like oh i know i, I got chills go dude i'm like yeah i want to i want to be there but to ronnie it's just like an impediment you know um so yeah the super bowl promises to be an interesting moment for him. And actually, this this episode will probably drop a few days after the, the actual Super Bowl. So we'll get to to kind of read his tweet first. No, I think the Super Bowl is what, the 13th? Yeah. So it'll come out it'll come out before that. So this will come out a few days before. Yeah. So this yeah. I mean, this is a true like prediction, and, and listeners will be able to hear this and then see how Ronnie handles it. Cause you know he's not gonna listen to this. And yeah. uh and then and then we can break it down post Super Bowl. Uh, how did yeah. how did he see how close it? we got? Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. I want to go back to this this hotel room watching the final four with these like evangelical superstars. Like there are there are like Theo Bros to use a term from our last uh-huh. program that I just learned. There there were Theo Bros in the lobby that probably would have paid thousands to be in that room, and <laughs> there's something <laughs> there's something that I miss about like pre-Twitter pastoral ministry. And I want to run this by you. Um, like in, in a current world, like in the in the Twitter-driven world that we're in, like it's it's important that people know how busy you are. You know what I mean? It's important to be so busy, to be like stressed and burdened. But I feel like 10 to 15 years ago, there was way less pressure for pastors to show that they were super busy. And in fact, a lot of them weren't. You know what I mean? So it, it was okay 15 years ago to be a pastor and like have time to watch the Final Four and like not even be super apologetic about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, there's so t- the t- what Twitter does, I mean, it's the same thing. So I would, I would equate it to like, you know, the last couple of years have been difficult because of COVID and politics and yeah. whatever. I think they've been 
40% more difficult because everybody thinks they're supposed to be difficult. Yes. No, you know, like, that's right. That's it. That's if, what if, I was getting at. If there yeah. was, if we just, if, if that 40% disappeared and instead of talking constantly about how's our, how's our mental health, how's everybody doing? We are also detached from one another. <laughs> we just like went and yeah. did what friends do. And we, and we, you text them. We're like, Hey, do you want to come over for dinner? We're going to, you know, grill some burgers. And somebody was like, Hey, we're down with COVID. We're like, great. We'll try it again in a couple of weeks. You know, just yeah. instead of like, Oh, this is, you know, everything you is mean- so burdensome. What humans have been doing for decades, right, is what you're advocating for. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> and this isn't a this isn't even about like COVID restrictions as much as right, right. the the focusing on how everything is not how it's supposed to be. Right. And I think we talked about this on an episode a, a couple weeks ago, kind of the the yearning for things to get back to normal. But I think for pastors, it's the same thing. There's like so I've been I've been an ordained pastor now for just over a year, and mm-hmm. I keep waiting for. The like, when does it get miserable? Right. You know, my life is busy. Like, yeah, sure. Two kids and different programs and married and traveling some and writing and everything going on with the church. And the thing is, all of it is great. Sometimes it's a little too much in one stretch of time, but like, yeah. All of that is even the hard stuff is good. Like we got you know we got people in our church whose lives are not going well. Yeah. But yeah, the the pastoral emphasis on misery. I think just yeah. amplifies the misery, like oh, you know, this is so hard. Like, it, maybe, yeah. But also, like, is it? Is it? Dude, that's a really good point. And I, I think I'm not a pastor, so I, I truly have no idea what I'm talking about here. But I think there are there are probably aspects for every pastor in which it is so hard. Um, but I wonder if there's going to come a point in time, like six months or a year down the horizon, where some pastor who almost everybody can agree is good or worth listening to is going to be like, okay, let's stop doing the it's so hard thing. Like like the the shelf life on that has run out. Like we've been doing it for two and a half years now. Let's, let's, let's put a pin in it's so hard and talk about something else. Um, well, yeah, and I, I feel know. like, so I feel like that, that shift. So I'd say that shift started with in the marriage realm first, you know, cause yeah, seven, eight, ten years ago, all the marriage books were like it's two sinners getting married. It's going to be it's a hard, so hard. It's hard work. Hard, yeah, yeah. hard work. Yeah. It takes. I mean, everything worth doing takes work. Okay, there's a that solid is, baseline yeah. for life. Yeah, and then like, but but I haven't seen as many of those books come out. And there's been like, when is the shift? Like, I'm wondering when the shift is coming. Of like, hey, here's how awesome marriage is. Yeah, sure, you're going to have yeah. some hiccups. There's there's bumps. People are going to hurt each other. That's just life, yeah. But also, it should be both, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to deny it, but that. I mean, th- there's such a parallel between marriage and pastoring. There, it's like, okay, if this is a thing that yeah. God has given you, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and, if and it's a thing that occasionally hard you too, but mostly awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right, and it, that's such a like uh, seldom heard perspective on it, and maybe it's a function pipe of you coming into it later in life and kind of really finding your vocational groove in it. Um, I mean, you were probably fairly successful at all the other jobs that you had before it, but there's there seems to be something about this that feels like, okay, this is a good fit. I really love doing this. Yeah. I'm in my late 30s, which gives you like a capacity for enjoying it that maybe 
the guy who goes straight from undergrad, straight to seminary, straight into pastoral ministry. Like it's all they've ever known. Yeah. You know? And, and I do, I mean, I'm certain somebody listening is going to be like, you've been a pastor for a year. Just, just wait. You just, just wait. there's the, you yeah. just wait guy, which is the same yeah. person who tries to ruin parenting. You know, you're loving yeah, your new baby sure. and they're like, just wait till they're a teenager. I'm like, well, I have two teenagers. You know who I really like? My two teenagers. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. we, we have some, there are hard days and hard weeks. Sure. But like they're, they're yeah. great. And, yeah, uh, yeah, the the you just wait guy just can just shut his pie hole. That's never helpful. Never ever no. ever. Just encourage people. To, don't give them that speech. And, and like, even if that guy's right, there's no satisfaction in it. You know. Well, and that's the thing. Is like, um, even in the midst of it. So, like, let's say our church hit. You know, the, Emmanuel, where I serve, just we we hit the skids. There's there's division. Yeah. There's infighting. Like, it would be terrible. It's so hard for me to imagine thinking I should quit pastoring because of this. Yeah. As much as like this is a bad stretch of time. This particular yeah. body is in a bad place. And right. I most of that comes from having watched very closely my dad be a pastor for 30 years and never yeah. complain about being a pastor. Like I've never heard That's my I've never heard my dad be like pastoring is so hard. Yeah. He talks about aspects. He's like, man, sure. it is so hard when you can't right. fix somebody's right. pain or, Marriage or whatever. sin or yeah. whatever. But yeah. He just there was just a clear like, yeah, God put me here. This is this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. So yeah, I don't I don't I get so eye rolly and annoyed at the like let's all be miserable together pastors. I'm like, no, I'm not going to that conference. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not no, gonna I'm not gonna go be morose with you guys. That's really interesting. And and I know we're getting close to being out of time here for both of us. But like real quick, maybe one minute. Like, what does your dad think about the the like it's so hard movement in pastoring? Has he ever mentioned it to you or have you ever conversated about it? No, I I've I've never asked him. I should. It'd be I should I should pull out a recorder and get his, you know, his honest takes on some of this stuff. Yeah. My my sense is that he just he's like, I got work to do. Y'all can yeah. sit over there and cry in the corner if you want. But like I've got yeah. a job to do, and I'm going to yeah. do it. And and I, res- you know, I you you've talked about your dad and just sort of his steady work ethic, right. and I, it's a it's a very similar thing that both of us admire about our dads is just the like this is the job I've got to do, so I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah, and yeah, I think I would love to exemplify that so that the 20 year olds who are considering ministry look at it and they don't. They're not just barraged by this is going to be emotionally draining and pastoral burnout and all this stuff. I'm like, I think a huge yeah. portion of pastoral burnout is pressure people put on themselves and absorb from social media and that nonsense instead of just doing the job. Yeah, no, that's a great word, man. And it's a great word to end on. And I think the echo chambery aspects of social media, like if you've got a thousand hypothetical people in your ear every day going, it's so hard, it's so hard, it's so hard. Obviously you're gonna, you're gonna take on aspects of that, you know? Um, and again, this is probably an argument for like having a couple of people in your local church body with whom you can share the hard things rather than sharing it with like 2000 strangers. I don't know. 
Uh, I'm rambling. I, I don't know anything about pastoral media or really social media, so well, I mean, I'm really out of it, out of my depth here. It's been said. It's been said. A, you know, a thousand times. But you know, watch if you're on Instagram, you're just getting people's highlight reel. I think if you're yeah. on Twitter, you're just getting people's low light reel. You know, <laughs> it's true. like it's it's whatever they're bothered by or pissed off at. And yeah. so, like, yeah, if if you're just if you you know you follow a bunch of pastors and all you're getting is the like. This is, this is what's miserable. You're totally missing all the good stuff. Also, yeah. also missing all the good stuff in your own life. Yeah, yeah. There, I think there just has to be a pretty clear sense of like social social media is not reality. It is. Yeah. It is a spotlight on different pieces of reality, and it can totally skew perspective. Totally. Uh, something I'm not bothered by pipe is visual theology and our partnership with this great company. Yes. Uh, they have made gear for us. They have made elite gear, um, gear that's amazing to wear and carry. Tell them where they can get that, Piper. Yeah. So if you go to thehappyrant.com, that is our website. It is. It was designed, and all of our gear was designed by Josh Byers, who's the same guy who runs visual theology. So if you've, we, we've talked about them in the past, great resources for churches and Bible teachers and stuff. That's visualtheology.church. You can go check them out. Our stuff is at thehappyrant.com. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. I don't know what says I love you to that person in your life more than like, you're so money, baby, on a t-shirt or mm. giving them that I just do. that sweet opportunity to be a C-list celebrity or the notebook for them to write their next bestseller, which will sell tens of copies. All of the that canvas can be found. bag to take to Aldi. Yes, you nothing know? like a baguette sticking out of the end of a Happy Rant canvas tote bag. Oh, so elite, and Aldi does sell a good baguette. Let's not forget. They really do. So yeah, go to really go to thehappyrant.com. Uh, you can see the show, all of our episodes. You can see the shop, all that stuff. We're also going to have information up there, hopefully very shortly, about our live event. That is a there, there's a couple things that need to click into place that Ronnie is working on, uh, and that will be right before the what are we calling it? Well, we're calling ours the last, the last laugh. I think theirs is the, the last, last gasp. Uh, T4G. So <laughs> I love it, Pipe. I look forward to that. Um, more of the same. We've done what we always do. In that we've wandered to and fro throughout a few topics. And it's not so hard to be a host of this program. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.